This episode of Reality Bites is brought to you by Hot Mic with Dan Savage. This Audible series curates and features the very best live stories about sex and relationships. The always opinionated advice columnists you know from Savage Love and Savage Lovecast host this new weekly podcast. In addition to some of the best and funniest live performances about love, lust, and longing, Dan interviews comedians, singers, and porn stars about the art of revealing your sex life on stage. Check out new episodes of Hot Mic with Dan Savage every Tuesday. You can listen on Audible, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including this one. And now, for Reality Bites. Hey guys, welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak, and I have Steve Hernandez. Great to be here. So great. <laughs> Riding bitch today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she said it, not me. I don't mind writing. I can't say it anymore, though. <laughs> and um, we are super excited about our guest today, Ian Harvey. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You know what? You have. We were just talking, and you have a different voice in your intro than you do in your ah, regular conversation. Yeah, it'll, it'll get like, normal. Yeah, I was like, who is that? It was and very sexy. Huh? Totally normal conversation, and then you're just like, hello. I was like, what? That is, like, is, that your, is that your phone, your like, you know, so sex funny. phone operator voice? What is that? I guess. I will say that one was more dramatic than I think I've ever seen it before. No, but you notice, and not to, look, I don't want to pick on you. He's there are cameras here. Oh, yeah. No, but you. You reached back, you pulled your yeah. hair back above your head with your arms behind your, like, and elbows up and just like, hello. She's, and just, I was like, she's, a, she's a babe. She what knows what she's happened? doing. Who are yeah. you right now? She knows all her angles. Yeah. My yeah. writing partner gives me so much shit about it. She's like, you are this basic bitch in your intro. <laughs> in your intro, you're like this I totally- don't think you're basic at all, but I, it was just a tone change. And I was just like, what just happened? She just got all like sultry and like, what? Yeah, it was just, it was good. It was good. Whew. Okay, all let's right. make this about you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so you're a stand-up. I am. And uh, new spe- first of all, everyone finish this podcast before you go check out Ian's special, but you have a new uh, stand-up special out? Yeah, it's called May the Best Cock Win, which, by the way, has been the number one illegally downloaded... Ah. Uh. Movie on porn sites. What? Yeah. So a friend of mine, and I'll tell, I'll, 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 he's a comic, um, and he said, "Listen, I'm, I've got to take a snapshot of this to send to you right now because he goes, I, I'm sorry, but I, I download stuff illegally. A lot of it's porn, a lot of it's movies, whatever. <laughs> but you are the number one download on here." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So he takes a snapshot and it said 117,000 downloads. It was the number one download. It was above Beauty and the Beast. Whoa. Um, and I was like, "That's amazing." Be, but you know why? Because of the title. People think <laughs> they think it's going to be two fucking dudes sword fighting or, you know, right. or fighting over some right. chick or whatever they think. And I just think that is amazing. I don't care how they watch it. I don't care if they are lubed up and fucking ready to see something else. And then I come on stage. I'm like, and then I think, oh, my God, wouldn't it be amazing if they just keep going and stroking? And like <laughs> they just like... <laughs> You know, through my whole special, just keep, you know, edging themselves out through the whole fucking thing. I don't know. I just oh think my that's, God. I don't care. I don't care how you see it. Illegally, legally, whatever. But pay just for amazing. it. Yeah. Just pay for well, it. Well, it's fine. I just am like, you know what? I uh, To give a little background, the reason why it's called that is because I'm a trans guy mm-hmm. and I purchased my dick. I purchased it. So some parts sold separately. And uh, I so love that. the the joke is it, there's a joke in there and that's one of the punchlines in it and uh, I don't think a lot of people necessarily are downloading my special to watch it because I'm not necessarily mainstream so I'm like fuck it if you think it's a porn and you're gonna like I don't sure. care I don't care how you get it just get it yeah so. as long as you're you become a fan I'll take yeah. it anyway yeah absolutely so. that's awesome um, how do you find people. Uh, respond to because you do you talk about trans stuff in a lot of your material yeah I do I talk I'm very open about who I am so it's uh, so it does come up in, in mm-hmm. my in my set a lot um, but I'd like to answer that question in relation to your show about sex and stuff because yes. people get really confused if they're into me that's the thing that are like if I think you're hot what does it mean about me they get really sure. like in their head about it they're like 
I, I'm cool with everything you said, but what does it mean about me if I think that you're fucking hot? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Dudes, women, straight dudes, gay dudes, whoever, they're like, what does it make me? Interesting. <laughs> they get really freaked out. Like, gay dudes is like, make me straight that I think you're hot? I'm like, no, I'm a dude. Like, right. What? I'm a dude. Like, whatever. Like, no, it doesn't make you straight. Yeah. What, what, how, how would that make you straight? People just get really confused and nervous about what it means about their identity, so... It was interesting. So <clears throat> you did a guest turn on Transparent. Yep. That I loved. I thought that was so, I mean, I could imagine myself in her shoes and like, it just seemed like so true true to life. Was like, how did that storyline come uh, about? I, um, I met Jill um, and she asked me, actually, I, I was doing background work on the pilot episode. Uh-huh. And then she and I started messaging privately via Twitter to meet up. We were both in Germany um, screening films. And um, we were going to meet up and uh, have coffee somewhere. And then we pro, you know, put that off until... That was like in November of like 2013. Mm-hmm. And oh, then, wow. Um, 2014, early 2014, she said, will you come into the writer's room and can you share your story with us? with all the writers. And I said, sure. And that was over here in Silver Lake. And uh, she said, really, we have a character that is the, the youngest daughter's love interest. We want you to play him. And basically, a lot of my story hit the page, uh -huh. um, hit the script. And um, in their own words, in the, in the writer's words, but a lot of like my mom still calls me, calls me by my birth, birth name. Uh -huh. um, you know, uh, and one of the what I love about that storyline in, in that first season is in relationships, we do this to each other all the time. I don't know, like when you meet somebody, you immediately have a bunch of ideas of what they're like just on your first oh, look yeah. at them. So when Allie Pfefferman sees Dale in the classroom, she's like, who's that mountain man? And she just puts all of this stuff on him. Like he's probably got a truck. He probably lives in a cabin in the woods. And he's probably just this manly man who's going to like, you know, fuck my brains out over yeah. the weekend. And like uh, it is on. And she locks locks that in about him in the first moment that she sees him mm -hmm. and puts him in that box and then they start talking and you kind of hear Dale speak and he's not really like that and mm -hmm. then you see him put her in a box of like what he likes I want really femme women mm -hmm. I love like heels and you know lipstick and mm -hmm. really you know you know sort of that that style of a woman and so then she tries to become that woman so the story is really beautiful of like what we do to each other when we put each other in that box and how long can we stay there before you have to rip, you have to like rip off all that stuff that somebody put on you. Right. Like when she rips off the corset yeah. in the truck and like flings it out the window, it's like, I can't do this anymore. Um, uh -huh. So I love that storyline. I also love that some of my material, these guys all, the writers all came to a big show of mine uh -huh. at the Will Turn that I did with Tig Notaro and a bunch of other people. Oh, rad. And they brought Amazon producers just before I got hired. And so one of my jokes is about um, dropping my dick in the men's room. And so there's like a, there's a bit in there where I'm trying to dry fuck Ali Pfefferman. Dale's uh -huh. trying to dry fuck Ali Pfefferman in the LGBT center bathroom and then ends up lubing up the cock too much and it just like flies, like slapsticky sort of flies across the room. So... It was really a beautiful thing to have someone hear your story and then go to like write the script and have them include, you know, pieces of it in, a, yeah. in, in different ways, of course, but it was really, it was beautiful. Um, but I love the storyline of, of that relationship because that's, who doesn't do that to each other? And we, we, on all relationships, like even in my, the only relationship I've never done that to somebody and they've never done that to me is my current relationship. And I've been in it for 10 years and I'll tell you that's exactly why it's lasted because I knew her as my friend first. So all that bullshit had been, you know, totally, um, it wasn't allowed to manifest in that same way. Well, yeah. When you right? get together with somebody, how long before you let your true self be seen? It's like, I'll uh -huh. tell you 18 months is usually when you really, really, like people get married a couple months in, I'm like, you don't know shit about that person. Totally. A year, you don't know shit about that person. Maybe a year and a half, two years, you start piecemealing the real parts of yourself out to each other, which is also why I think now millennials and other people aren't getting married so soon. 
people are like, oh, the people are like waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, because they want to fucking know who they're getting into business with. Totally. So um, my current relationship, I was friends with her first and I told her everything as my friend. And then we started dating. I was like, fuck, I told you everything. <laughs> so How long were you friends before you started dating? Probably, um, probably eight months to a year. Okay. And you would like go to lunch sometimes and that kind of thing? Not even just that. Like I called her every day. We oh, so you were the good phone. friends. Yeah, good friends. Okay. I told her the ways that I fucked my previous girlfriends. That's the like that kind of good, <laughs> that kind of good friends. And so when you weren't initially attracted to her? I was attracted to her as a person, and I would, but I was mending a broken heart, and so was she. And so we were. That'll take you out of the game. So we were, yeah. So we weren't thinking of each other in that way because we were still on the mend from these other things that were, mm -hmm. had happened. And so when we started to feel better, what, you know how that magically is just removed from you one day when your heart seems to be mm -hmm. reassembled itself. Um, one day, like, it's funny because all of our friends saw it before we did. You know, it's sure. like people, everybody was like, oh, come on. We fucking know. Like, uh, <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know. Something like, I don't know, maybe a, uh, about 10 months into knowing her, something shifted between us. And I had, you know, when you're friends with somebody, you tell people stuff you would not tell a love interest. It's just a fact of like friendships. So like, dude, I banged this chick last night. You would not say that to a love interest. Sure. Right? Um, or, or specifics about being sexual with somebody. You mm -hmm. just don't share that stuff with someone that you might, you know, think of as a potential love interest. So, um, I just, I, I was a loudmouth. I said a lot of stuff to her. I shared everything. Like there's stuff in her head that she should never have in her head. Which is great. Uh, and that's gotta be a great thing about being a stand-up too. Cause if someone sees your act, they pretty much know who you are, right? Yeah. Well, and I am that kind of stand-up. A lot of stand-ups aren't that way. I don't know. Like we know nothing about Jerry Seinfeld. You know yeah. what I mean? Like totally, but, but you well, like, I'm a stand-up as well. And yeah. mine is very much too. If you see me fucking do 10 or 15 minutes, if you're attracted to me after that, then you know what you're getting yeah. and you're probably the yeah. same way. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The rubber dick and all like for me, like <laughs> for me, not yeah, for you. So, but like, I, I'm sorry. How does, how does your dick work? Like, what's it like? What's it like? Yeah. Like do you, how do you, do you attach it? Well, uh, what's your dick like? Um, it's very small. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's you know what's your dick like? Because um, I think it's fair. Because and yes, then we're gonna yes. then we're gonna yeah, ask yeah. you what your pussy's like. Because okay. I think that when you, when uh, if just to even the playing field, if we're gonna ask trans people about their genitalia, then we're gonna ask cisgender Absol people about absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. So let's just. I'm happy to answer yeah, it if you're happy to. So tell yeah. me about yours. How's it work? Um, let's see here. I guess that you're right. I guess that is kind of a hard thing to answer, but it's interesting. Now I want to think about it. Well, I mean, I just, just do you just feel, describe it. How do you like, um, let's see here. I would say I have a, a pretty, a standard, nice pussy. I don't know. It's waxed. <laughs> <laughs> waxed. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I guess I'm trying to think about my relationship to my, to my dick, but it, um, I like it. I was scared of it for a long time and didn't totally understand it for a while. Can I answer first? Absolutely. I feel like I'm more ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't uh, feel that comfortable. I would say I was con like, as a, ch as a kid, I would have my hand down my pants a lot while I was like watching TV and stuff. And like, so that kind of masturbation I was very comfortable with, uh -huh. but I didn't masturbate. Like being a woman that hits your thirties, then you're like, oh my God, this is a whole new game. I feel like that's how, uh, like Steve probably was when he was 17. About what? About what? <laughs> Masturbating. <laughs> no, I started a lot earlier than that. Or whatever. Like, you know, you think of a boy at like the, the peak of their, of, you know, com coming into their sexuality. And I feel like for me, it hit me in my early, I'm 33. And so the last three years I've gotten much more intimately acquainted with right. my pussy. So, um, how would you describe your dick? And, we're uh, gonna, and you're gonna, you said, did you I said do a wax. good job? Yes, but you started talking about your relationship to it, and because he said relationship to his dick. Yeah. But what people ask trans people is specifically about their genitalia. You started with, like, how does it work? Yeah. Like, what, like, basically, like, I'm gonna guess you wanna know if I strap it on, do, how do I, sure, what, sure, do I sure. what do I do? Yeah. So, um, 
just how does your dick work? What is it like? I mean, specifically. Yeah. Uh, what happens? Okay. How big is it? Uh, what I, color? My dick's like five and a half inches long. It's uh-huh. kind of thick. It's fine, but you know, even when we're talking about it, I always kind of uh, let's see. Uh, so the older I get, because uh, you and I might be around the same age, uh, and the older I get, I like that you said that, but I think I'm older. You'd be surprised. I know. I, I already Latin know, man. but yeah. I would say you're about the same. Yeah, I'm. I'm a Latin guy, so we look good forever. Oh, that's right. Yeah, age yeah. don't age. Yeah. So <laughs> let's see. It's kind of like it's kind of like that, darker. Yeah. It's not purple necessarily. It's more brown. Uh, the older I get, the more. Uh, but you know, even when you said that right now, the older I get, though, the more I'm like, uh, I don't get aroused the same way as I used to. Uh, so I, I understand what what I'm dealing with now. Um, what do you mean by that? It just doesn't well, get as hard. I have hard. a joke that I'm working on right now too. That I just say I don't get aroused like uh, I get I get aroused by maybe holding a, a the gaze of a woman like a beat too long that kind of thing or maybe a woman like missed a spot on her knee that she shaved so I see a little hair on that or she's dangling a, a flip flop on it. these things as I'm older are the things that like turn me on uh, <laughs> really yeah yeah it's not these big yeah it's not these big old blatant you know boobs legs ass it's everywhere part of it that because you are like um, you're bored with the oversexed kind of um, culture of porn like there's so much shit out there that uh-huh. nothing impresses you or engages you so now it's like actually kind of back to this thing of like oh that 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 flip-flop dangling or the, sure oh yeah. yeah i mean you know yeah. and that's why uh sex is tied more to emotion and feeling now the older i get too because i've had enough sex to know like the best stuff doesn't come just from the flesh it comes from the story that you're telling in your head also interesting too um what is your age can i ask i'm 39 i'm 10 years older than you oh you look fucking great <laughs> i know i know you I do just i can't 49. believe how great you look i took look 49 and uh it's the te- you know what yeah. It's because I didn't transition until I was your age. 39, okay. I started my transition. I started taking testosterone, and that's exactly when I started to age. Wrinkles started to set. It's exactly when it all started to happen. So before that, I looked like a super like soft baby dyke, baby butch dyke. Uh-huh. Um, and then the moment I started taking testosterone, it just changed everything, and I started to age. But anyway. Well, it's funny so that I yeah, really you, start I, to age. It's funny that you asked me that question, too, because now that I think about it, I, and I don't know how you how your relationship is to your penis, but now that I think about it, I do think of it as separate than me. And I've never thought, I mean, right now I'm going through all these emotions because I've never thought about my relationship to my penis or how I feel about it or anything. But I do feel it, think about it in a separate way too because I, I don't know how yours works or what it's like. But then I was just thinking like, oh, I guess I don't, I think of it as an other, other than besides me. I kind of do too. And, um, and not just because I attach it. Um, to my body to be intimate and I don't always attach it sometimes I do sometimes I don't my partners my partner and I sometimes use that apparatus and sometimes we don't Uh I feel like my dick is already on me Uh Um, I feel like my clit is my dick Uh I feel like um, and I don't have a I don't have I used to have more hang-ups about that and I personally, not all trans people feel like I do. They don't use all the same words that I do. We don't all feel the same mm-hmm. about, you know, strapping it on, not strapping it on, or wanting phalloplasty or not wanting it. We're all totally different mm-hmm. um, in this real specific thing about genitalia. But I do feel like, I feel like um, it is kind of a separate thing for me too, in a way. And I think part of that, I have testosterone to thank for that because my 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 sexuality before testosterone and how and when and why I wanted to fuck was all was a little bit different and now like I can very sort of primally separate fucking and just wanting to get off versus a connective experience and I don't know if that's what you're saying but my but my dick tends to be separate when I want to have sex like that Interesting. Yeah, you know, that you've it, noticed it, since you started taking testosterone? Yes. That absolutely. is so crazy because yeah. that, I mean, I've never thought about this. I've never talked about this with anyone, but you're absolutely 100% correct. I think correct. also as a society, we do this thing where we're like, oh, he's thinking with his dick 
right now. Or do you know what I mean? Where we I, separated a little bit too. Right. I also think that, that it's wrong to excuse guys for doing that too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if you're, if I'm thinking with my dick or I'm thinking with my brain, like I'm still re- re- fucking responsible and accountable mm-hmm. for that thinking and behavior that is resulted of that thinking. I wanted to ask you something about, um, and I, I still want to talk to you about your pussy. Um, but <laughs> I right. wanted to ask you about being 39 around your age, testosterone levels start to level off or go down a little bit. Do you think, do you, um, I don't know if you supplement that, yeah. but I'm curious if um, when you're talking about as you've gotten older and maybe a little bit of desensitized to like porn and all the crazy stuff that's out there. Now, like the flip flop dangling on the end of the woman's foot is like a huge turn on to you. I wonder that to me also sounds like a different, and I, I know that we're attributing, like we shouldn't always attribute these things to male or femaleness or testosterone or estrogen. Totally. But it, that, that sounds more like what I used to be like, Yeah. you know, and not to say that I, that part of me isn't still there, but now I have this added part of me with testosterone. And I wonder if as a result of testosterone levels subsiding a little bit, if some of that thinking comes in and you're like, and plus the other stuff, um, if some of that thinking comes in and is like, starts thinking about things in a different way, like a little bit more connectedness and a little bit more, I don't know. I don't know. I, if I think a, it definitely might play a part. I think I, I'm able. It's hard to tell the difference between the chemicals and just being older and accepting yourself and everything. And I'm, I'm, I don't really identify as queer, but I'm queer. I've had queer experiences, and I'm sure I'm going to have queer experiences in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm not done with it, uh, but it's I'm mostly identify as a mostly straight guy. But um, but also, I think queer is an encompassing word now. Of course, that where um, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're always. Um, you know, banging it out with dudes yeah. or uh-huh. with the same sex. I think what it all, it's now, it's kind of like it's the punk term that's encompassing people with alternate um, um, sexual identities that don't fit into the mold of like absolutely straight and, you know, right. absolutely cis gender. And so I think that I actually have friends that are like some of my best friends and I've grown up with them. They are married. Like I have a friend. His name is Tuck. He lives with his wife in Maine, and he has been in and around the queer community for his whole life. And I consider him queer adjacent, and he considers himself queer adjacent. Uh-huh. And I don't think that he would be entirely like no on like any sort of like queer sexual engagement. But besides the fact that he's in a monogamous monogamous relationship with his wife, but. I, he also is someone who is like, he's an open-minded, and so I, I, I don't consider him totally straight. So I think that like queer is an okay word, and if you want it, you the can only, have yeah, it. Yeah, the only reason I wouldn't, and I really have thought about this, is there something, because I, I am a stand-up and I am in the industry, and I would feel like I'm trying to cash in on something yes, that yes. isn't mine. Well, let me tell you, there's no cashing in on being queer yeah. in the industry. <laughs> there's not. There's fucking not. No, but yeah. I can see why Steve would... Feel I know that I, you know what I I I respect that yeah. I respect that but financially there's no cashing in on it because it is so fucking hard to get hired it, it like you think it's hard as a Latin man yeah add queer to it yeah. and you know there's no cashing well in. my you know my comedy is is pretty queer too where I do talk about having sex with men and stuff in my jokes and I do it is yeah I 100 so not only am I I'm an I feel like kind of an idiot for it because it's not politically savvy. Because they don't they don't know what to do with Mexican people anyways after all these years. But the fact that I add like queer and talk about that kind of stuff like has not helped me at all. But I do think it's far more interesting. So and that's why I do well, it. Well, it's interesting, especially because it's honest. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about your pussy. Um, <laughs> I don't want to cut you off, but I want. I'm like I, yeah. I want to like. Um, do you feel one with your pussy? How does it work? How does it work? What's it look like? What's the size of it? How does it work? You know, I'm just you, trying to you think can't, about. It's, think about all the questions that trans people get asked, and then just, yeah, no, you no, know. no. I think which that's it's fucked up. I think it's people's like well, not I, I knowing. I will and, state this too. The only reason I asked you is because you're a stand up. I'm a stand up, and I know they don't like if uh, reg, if it, you were just. Oh, a, I'll talk about anything. Yeah, and yeah, I could yeah, tell yeah, that about yeah, you. Totally, so the only yeah. reason why I asked you was because, and I'm so glad I did because we started talking all this crazy shit. But just because comics talk about whatever, oh, yeah, and they don't give yeah, a fuck. Yeah. But if you were just a, a, a regular trans person, I wouldn't have said anything. 
But see, we're yeah, already absolutely. like brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you can't measure your pussy in the same way that you can like. Oh come on now! I've I've, I've really? seen videos. Yeah, I mean you know like is it big and meaty like you could hold it in two hands or is it? It's like, not a two hander. It's really. It's, <laughs> is it like, you know, is it skinny? It's totally. I feel like waxed. it fits. I feel like looking at like. If you looked at me and then you saw my pussy, you'd be like, that goes together. <laughs> like, that's about right. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I expected. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What else do you want to know? I don't know. Like, I, you know what? Like, um, taking testosterone, I'll be, this is one of those um, oversharing things that comics do. Yes. Um, so taking testosterone, one of the things that um, it does is it makes your clitoris grow. If you're a female body person and you take testosterone, it makes it into kind of like a little dick. Like oh, really? basically, and that's you know what drives me bananas too is people get so obsessed about genitalia, but it's all really the same shit. A, a, a penis is an enlarged clit. A oh, clit yeah. is a small penis. Lips are like where uh, it's basically where balls would be. Right. Like I mean, it's just people get so fucking freaked out, and then they're like, I would never, I would never like. Like dudes are like so homophobic about guys, other guys' dicks. I'm like, do you fuck? Do you jerk off? I'm like, you're already gay with your own dick, <laughs> right? So like, listen, like, just like, well, what's, the, what's another one? There's a guy so, who talks about. There's a guy named Ron uh, Swalla who talks. He doesn't talk about it as an act, but he says, "Oh, I only watch point of view porn because I don't even want to watch it, see another cock." Oh which my I, god! Which he may it may be true. Uh, but I've never thought about that. I like watching the cock like wait, rocket can you, too. Wait, uh, is that a? Can you search for that like point, point of view? view porn? Yeah, POS. I've never. I did not. I've never. Yeah, it's like a porn? huge thing. POV. And you know I what? Know I just read a thing the other day about how Pornhub is like the Kinsey study of our generation or whatever, because they they can use all the data that they get from people searching. Um, and it was so interesting that you say that about your friend because like. We're all a little queer. That straight, like lesbian search uh, queries are more popular among straight women than like almost anything else. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel bad for my straight guy friends that actually think that scissoring among lesbians is a thing. Uh, it is not a thing. But my, fr I told my friend Johnny, who's a comic that, and he was so bummed to hear that. He was like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm serious. It's not a fucking thing. Scissoring is not a thing. Um, but I, I, back to that, um, the Pornhub thing, um, I, you know what, I do, I do think that it, I'll tell you what it did for me, it made me feel more comfortable with my body Googling or searching for other guys like me, looking at their bodies going, oh, this is a, this is a thing, like I'm not the only one. It actually, yeah. uh, there, I understand that porn can be really detrimental in a lot of ways and, um, and creating like c completely unrealistic expectations. But in some ways, like for me, like my friend Buck Angel, who's a trans guy, porn star, uh -huh. uh, adult film star, and he's also an advocate. He's sex positive. Like he's just like super smart about sex. And like he has made a massive career on yeah. f fucking dudes and seeing him work actually made me feel more comfortable with my female parts in a way that I had not anticipated. Like, so to, to I just, it was one of those things that was just like, oh, like, I, I was so adverse to it. And I'll tell you, anything that I've ever been intensely adverse to, which I can... I, I, Wait, I, you were adverse to... Watching another trans guy get fucked by another, by, by another guy or, like, even watching him fuck. Oh. Because I was, I was so um, kind of, uh, as, as we say in the queer community, stone. Like, I had a lot of rules of engagement around my body and how I would engage ah. about with sex with my partners. There's lots of play. You couldn't touch me down there. Like, I would only strap on my cock. You would never see me fully naked. Which and is kind of like coming from an insecure or just a not it was totally comfortable place yet. Yeah, I was not comfortable because I wasn't in the body that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of ways, like before my chest surgery, um, you know, I didn't have the chest that I wanted. So, and if I were to expose my chest, there was no not looking at it. I had triple D's. So there was no way to avoid it. Not even trying to strap them down would allow me to avoid it. And like, while I was having sex with my partner, like even strapping it on and having like a, a wife beater tank top on and binding my chest down. Like I, there was no not looking at it as I'm looking sure. down at my partner. Uh, and so 
I just had a lot of rules around how they could touch me or not touch me. And now th through this evolution of my own transition, feeling more comfortable in my body, allowing myself to look at people like Buck, mm -hmm. be fucked, be sexual. Um, and that's not the only reason, but he was, he was really helpful for me psychologically and emotionally to be like, listen, we, this, you are a human being. This is your body. This is how it works. And it's okay. Like, yeah. it's okay. And Buck's got this great, like, aura about him, too, that, you know, like, it's, he's super hot and sexy. And yeah. I'm sure, especially if you were trans, you'd be like, yes, that, I want to emulate that. And it, this, this phrase has been sort of uttered um, and throughout the, the trans community and queer community, which is like, basic, it's super basic. It's like, listen, some men have pussies. Uh -huh. Some women have cocks uh -huh. um, and they may not always refer to them as such, but there are some people that do. And like, that's okay. Like uh -huh. I'm like, Buck was like, I remember when I first met him, I was at a, at a porn convention <laughs> in Flo Hollywood, Florida. And um, he was like, yeah, I'm a dude with a pussy, big fucking deal. And I was just like, holy shit. And, but at the same time, like very curious, but super like repelled from my own stuff. Like I couldn't go to where he was. Mm -hmm. I couldn't meet him at where he was with it yet. And I just, I, I'm at that place now. Like I want to be naked all the time when I'm at home. My girlfriend's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like I'm just constantly walking around naked. And, um, you know, like I, I allow myself to sleep naked now. Um, and there's, it's just something that I, I don't know. Like I just never imagined that I would be in this place. And some of it is due to like adult film stars. I don't know. Like anyway, I know it's, Long, no, that was that's like great. going off on all these little tangents. Oh no, I think it's you know what I, I have this joke that too. Uh, it's to help people to understand that people like what they like, and you know we are a herd animal and all that kind of things too. Just like the rise of BBW stuff is like awesome for women for people, but we didn't know when I was in middle school there would be a real beautiful fat girl there. And I would like to look at her and have a crush in her in my heart and felt like it was very noble of me to look past her fat. I would think that. Yeah. 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 And then uh, you, dick. And now you click now you click on an Instagram of a pretty fat girl and they're like, oh, look at that. And she has a uh, hundred and ten thousand followers and she's just a beautiful woman. That's all. And there's there's nothing to it. So, I mean, people didn't know. Yeah. But we used to have I all these negative things on, on everyone, on everything. But now we're all open to being attracted to whatever the fuck we are. Or people feel like they can be. Open it's and getting attractive. better. Yeah. I think it's getting is Yeah, you know what I think? I think people are um less attached to whoever they're um uh, the the identity is locked into who they're fucking at that moment. Mm -hmm. People you can be whoever you want. You can be straight, you can be straight, you can fuck whoever you want and still be straight. And I think that that's like but what I'm noticing is that more people are like actually as a movement I no longer want to be associated with straight people. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I feel it's, that. It's really, it's kind of, <laughs> so I think there are people that, like my friend Tuck who identify as queer adjacent, you know, queer in as some part of the queer community. Yes, I'm married to a woman. Um, we have whatever you want to identify as a heterosexual relationship, but I don't, I no longer identify with the politics of straight you know, community. I totally so, agree with that. I, so, I feel that 100%. So I think, and, you, and you may or may not fuck women but I think that you can you can have whatever identity mm -hmm. you want. I think it's let they're less attached, less and less attached to who you're actually fucking. If you think about it, like um, if you look at like uh, like ads on Craigslist, or if you look at um, uh, you know even like a, um, like people even like porn titles, it's like two straight guys get together to you know whatever <laughs> like stroke and and end up fucking each other. Um, which is not a common search of mine, but once in a while. And, uh, <laughs> but I, but it's one of those things that like, they're still considered straight just cause they, they, they messed around a little bit or whatever. I think that's fine. Yeah. But people get really bent on that. What you like in the sack is somehow connected to your sexual identity. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. Anymore. Or like, if you do something one time, that means you've been harboring this, like, right. Yeah. Uh, you Listen, know, you've been repressing this thing all along and it's like, no, maybe you just wanted to try the thing and whatever. I think we have these bodies, you know what? In men's asses, there is a fucking button. Uh -huh. Some like it pushed, some don't, but we have these bodies and this is how it works. Like you have a penis, you have uh, nipples, you have balls, you have an asshole, you have these things that are could be all potential like points for you to like be to, to really get off. Does 
does it matter to your actual political or sexual identity who's doing it to uh-huh, you uh-huh. Um, who are you who, or who you're doing it with and i think that it's becoming less and less important i think it's just that you have this body this is how it works like i have a vagina i have just started learning how it works because i did not allow myself to even penetrate myself I would never, ever penetrate myself yeah. or let anybody do that to me. It freaked me out so bad. But I have this body and I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking horny. Let's try this out. What's this whole thing about anyway? I have this body. This is how it works. And so instead of identifying that with whoever I'm with or whoever's doing it to me, or because I'm doing that act to myself, it doesn't make me gay. It doesn't make me straight. It doesn't make me anything. It just makes me human that has this body and this is how it works. And so I feel bad for dudes out there, even that they have a female partner and they would never, they want to finger up their ass during sex, but they would never dream of it because they're fucking scared yeah. that their, their lady is going to think that they're somehow gay. You just have a body that works that way. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Doesn't matter whose fingers going in there. You have a body that that's how it works. I don't know. I just get. I feel really bad for people that are as hung up as I was. Yes. About it, and I just am not that hung up anymore. Yeah, which kind of is a perfect segue to. So you have a t- TED talk called "Everyone Is Trans." Yeah. I love that. Uh, well, who? I mean, this is what I, I think about. Like, you know. I, what I realized is that not that long ago, it was like, you know what? Everybody asked trans people how, like, how they came to understand their gender. It's like uh-huh. everybody has gender. Right. Everybody has gender. Everybody in this room has gender. Everybody came to who they are in their gender identity in some sort of fashion. You had some sort of inner dialogue with yourself when you saw who it was that you wanted to emulate that felt right to you. Uh-huh. And I just think that it's not always... I mean, yes, there are extremes. There are these extremes of femininity. There are these extremes. And I think it's like a continuum or a spectrum or whatever you want to call it. And that no one is 100% anything. And I think that if you feel 100% okay about your body in direct relationship to your gender, if you feel 100% okay about your body in direct relationship to your gender, you're the fucking weirdo. Because everybody else I know struggles with it. Yeah. That perfection is near impossible. It's so near impossible. If you are walking around in the world and you don't have a second thought about your masculinity or your femininity on a fucking daily basis and where you land on that spectrum and question yourself or feel uncomfortable or wish that you could modify something about yourself. Or make actual modifications and, you know, be a woman who gets breast implants or whatever. How many women out there are getting breast augmentations or men are getting pectoral implants or some sort of like... uh, surgery to lengthen their penis or to uh whatever it is it's all related to gender Mm -hmm. all of it it Mm -hmm. is to either you know become uber feminine or more masculine in some way and i just think that that is a very transy kind of experience and i i don't think they're specifically trans but it is a place that where i think we have you know shared space and, and common space that we are both struggling with things about our gender and we want to be more or less of something in that way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we make decisions to modify that medically. And I think that if people can stop and think when I get people that ask me like, Oh, I can't imagine how it must feel to be trans. I'm like, fuck you. Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. Oh, you feel hundred percent okay about your body, your dick size or your, your pecs or like you get up in the mirror and you stretch out in the mirror and go, look at you, babe. Like you're amazing. Like nobody does that. Nobody. So I think, that this is like our shared space and that that talk was to to try to like get people to like look around at each other and humanize each other and to find that shared space with each other i love it i thought it was such a great premise um so so interesting that you're with your current partner that you were with when you started to transition yeah how, how has that ride been for your relationship? Amazing, because she does not give a shit. And I think that that's what it really takes. And um, she gives a shit about me, of course, but um, but her identity is not impacted by my identity and uh-huh. my changes. And I think that that's what it's really taken for me to find the right person. So many people that I've dated in the past were so... Um, I don't know what the word is. Um, like, what does it mean? I've dated, like, high femme dyke lesbian people 
who were like, I don't know, I'm a, re- I'm really a lesbian. I'm really attached to that identity. So if I date you and you're trans and you transition, what does that mean about me? Uh-huh. Like it means you're the same fucking person in my mind and you're still the same identity. Um, but people, people have had that discussion with me or with themselves and, and couldn't do it. And then I've had people that were totally straight. I've dated straight women who, um, you know, it has nothing to do with them being straight, but we're also crazy, you know? Um, and that they thought that they could handle it. They thought, oh, this is just like, just going to be like a heterosexual relationship. I'm like, no, it, it's actually not. It's going to be queer of some sort. And there was a lot of people that just couldn't do that. Uh-huh. Um, and so my girlfriend, my partner the, of, of over 10 years now, um, is one of these people that just is not rocked by that stuff. People are like, so what's your identity? Like, who are you? How do you identify? And she's like, I don't know. I just don't want to date an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So uh, You guys look super happy. I peeped on your Instagram. And <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. And I'll tell you something. I think this is, um, not to get super specific about our sexual relationship, but one, I'm still having sex with her 10 years in, and that's something that, two years into most of my relationships that lasted longer than that, mm-hmm. all that shit died because that's when shit really comes out, I think, is about two years in. Mm-hmm. And like, you you start to show, you start to dare show your real selves. Mm-hmm. And that means sexually too. And for me, I wasn't in the body that I was most comfortable in. I was super blocked and I didn't want to have sex anymore because it made me feel like a girl. Mm. and I, Or not made me, but I felt like a girl when I did it. And so I started to back off of having sex with my partners mm. because I didn't like how I felt when I was doing it. And, um, and then I started to transition and I'm with this person who is not impacted, like f- not impacted in a, in a way that, um, that she has to leave or has to change mm-hmm. her identity or so I'm with this person who is, is not just not rocked by who I am and what I need to do for myself. And it really freed me up to like, it's the least codependent relationship that I've had. So it's really freed me up to do and be and transition and do whatever I need to do. And I also feel like I would afford her the same if she, if anything that she was going through. And I think that that's something that, and so we have um, very different careers. She has no desire to be, on film, recorded, <laughs> and, you know, on stage, any of that kind of stuff. She actually works in comedy management, not my manager, but she oh, um, cool. loves to be behind the scenes, loves to be, um, in, in is uh, incredibly talented and just not codependent with me either. And so we have this really beautiful relationship that is really interesting and connected and it makes me still, and she's fucking brilliant and funny and it just makes me want to keep fucking her. Yeah. So I now have this body that um, that I've wanted for a long time, um, that I am finally working out in a gym and starting to see those results and feeling good about that, which also makes yeah, my libido great. through the roof. <laughs> and then um, I have this wonderful partner who we're not codependent. She's super smart and allows me freedom. I allow her freedom and we... Uh, I don't know. She's just amazing. All that that all that stuff together makes you want to still keep fucking, which is awesome. Yeah, I think the best relationships allow allow that kind of growth where you can, you know, explore because you're going to change if you stay together for I mean 10 years or, you know, if you add another decade to that or whatever, people people evolve over that amount of time and that's awesome. Yeah, I you know it's funny. It's so funny. Every time I've thought I've come to her with something new, um, because before her I was very staunchly queer and would only th- sexualize and think about women. And a couple summers ago, um, I I went to her and I was like, oh, I, I gotta I gotta tell you something. She's like, okay, what? I was like, I. I feel like I have to share something with I'm a little nervous. She's like, Jesus Christ, just fucking say it. Like, what is going on? And I'm like, okay, I just think everybody's hot. <laughs> and she's like, okay, what, do you, what does that mean exactly? And I said, well, I just, I just found that I'm sexualizing everybody in my mind. Uh-huh. And I have never allowed myself to do that before. I think men are hot, women are hot. Everybody's hot. Everybody's hot. Everybody's yeah. hot. And she's like, yeah, I, I think so too. And I'm yeah. like, ah, I, thought, I thought I was bringing something revolutionary. <laughs> You know, uh, like a major revelation to her and that maybe, you know, it's going to be this dot. No, she was like, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, fuck, she's always ahead of me on stuff. That's what, she's just smarter than me. 
Um, she's more evolved than me, and um, I think I come up with something new, and uh, I think I have something major to like deliver, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's not major anyway. Not a big deal. Anyway, she's awesome. That's great. You, uh, you mentioned earlier that you didn't like to have sex past a while because you began to feel like a, a woman or, or a girl when you did it. Did you... Um, did the testosterone change that or did you just learn to accept that about yourself? You know, there's a, I think it's everything because um, testosterone makes you horny as hell. Um, I was transitioning and finding um, that after my chest surgery, um, I was then in a body that I was beginning to like, maybe not fully love yet, but like, mm -hmm. and much happier. I was with a person who got me and saw me and understood me and also allowed me the space that I needed to keep going in my transition and in my uh, personal development into who I was in my body. So I think it was a combination of all of those things. When you have um, this united front of, you know what, you're getting what you need medically to transition, you are in a supported, uh, supportive relationship, and you're on testosterone <laughs> <laughs> that makes you horny as hell. Like that, all that combo for me was kind of the trifecta of, um, you know, of wanting to, um, I don't know, just, I wanted to feel better. I didn't want to stay in that place of feeling closed up. You know, I have this terrible, silly reference, but do you remember Diane Keaton is, I want to say it's as good as it gets or whatever. What is it? The movie that she's always in the white turtleneck. What is that? Oh, yeah. And she's a writer. She's a playwright. The Jack. one with Jack Nicholson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that movie. Yeah. And like, there's a scene like where, um, She's in the bed. They're like making out. And I can't remember if it was Keanu Reeves with her or Jack Nicholson. I think maybe it was Jack Nicholson. And, or maybe it was Keanu. But anyway. <laughs> something's got to give. Yeah, something's, something's got to give. give. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Something's got to give. And so she has, she's like, ah, oh, just rip this turtleneck off of me. Why do I always wear this? And, she, um, and she's always like you know, cloaked up to her chin with this like just hiding. And um, so they start to slice into the turtleneck and they rip it off of her. And I love that scene because that's how I, it sounds silly, but it's how I felt for a really long time. Like I was just so like cloaked and closed up and like trying to cover everything and spent years of just consumed with every morning I would wake up and think about how am I going to cover this body so no one can tell that I'm female, so no one can see this chest of mine. So no mm -hmm. one can, just constantly consumed with covering up and even in the bedroom like, my version of naked was like a tank top and briefs, mm -hmm. you know, like that was my version of naked. And so, and now my version of naked is just skin. And that's something to me that is totally different. So the combo for me, I just, I felt like that Diane Caton character after a certain amount of years, like I didn't want to live that way anymore. Like I was just like, this is like, it's okay if that's where you feel safe and that's where you prefer. I have, I have no problem with anybody. I have no opinions about anybody else feeling that way. But for me, I just felt like, Look, I, I, I can sense that I'm starting to expand and this feels good and I want to continue that expansion. I don't want to continue with being cloaked and covered up and, and, uh, and it's safe to do so with this partner. It's safe to do so. You're now feeling better in your body. Like you see in the mirror, you see something in the mirror that you like uh -huh. and why not let yourself have what you want? And so uh, there was a, uh, I don't know what that moment was with the slicing off of my own sort of white turtle. It wouldn't have been white turtleneck, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, just, just, I had that moment of just like, I, I want to keep going with this and see where it goes and where it's gone is I roam around my house naked all the time now. <laughs> so. I, I love just to speak to, uh, representation for a moment. I think I heard this on maybe another podcast that you were on, but you talk about, the first time that you met a trans man yeah. and you literally started to cry. I mean, well, I, I, I want to say for anybody out there that um, has felt like lack of re representation, I, I, I can't think, imagine like, I think about uh, Margaret Cho had the first Asian American TV show and imagine mm -hmm. all the Asian people in the, in this country that had never seen an Asian family on TV um, imagine you're the first um, Latin comic or Mexican comic that you had ever seen, or um, I don't know for you if to see seeing Hillary run I was just for president say, was like I was like yeah yes, yes. We, even though I knew and my parents said you could do that or you know seeing someone play that game is like totally different. When we see ourselves or even a part of ourselves in somebody else, we get to feel like we exist. 
Mm-hmm. And before I met that guy, that, that guy PJ, this other trans man, I didn't really know who I was. And not to say that I didn't exist. Of course I existed. But I didn't exist in the same way after I met him. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Like, that's me. And I had, for people who have struggled with gender or queerness or otherness or non if someone's non-binary and someone's sort of like, a lot of people have called them or said that they're in between or they're, they're not this or they're not, what are you? Like you have to check a box or whatever. And then someone comes out and says, I'm, I'm not either of those things. To have someone say that and, and someone else go, oh my God, that's me too. Like uh-huh. it can be life-saving. And for me, I was not necessarily, I wasn't a suicidal person, but life-saving in the way that it put me on the path to understanding who I was so I could pursue my fucking life. Yeah. Because I really was in this place of kind of, um, just kind of uh, stagnant and, and stationary. And, and once you know who you are, you can actually move forward. And, and for me, and not to say that not every trans person is like that, but for me, I really couldn't move forward with my life in comedy, with um, any of my dreams, because I couldn't fucking know, I couldn't see myself. I didn't know who I was. When I was, before I met PJ, I couldn't even see myself as an older person because I, I never imagined what gender I was. I didn't see myself as an old woman, but I also wouldn't allow myself to see myself as an old man, as an old man. Yeah. And I, and today I'm like, oh, I'll be a fucking old man. Like there's no, I'm like, no question. I'm going to look just like my, my geezer dad, my sweet geezer dad. <laughs> um, I look just like him right now. Um, I mean, he, um, when he was my age, I look just like him. And so I now have a vision for myself in a career, in a relationship as an, as a older person, and I can now allow myself to pursue everything else because I've gotten this thing sort of out of the way. It gives that, you like a visual vocabulary yeah, for- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, uh, and, and not everybody has to have that moment. I mean, sometimes people have that with career. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, that's what I'm meant to do. Some people have it with identity. Um, and for me, it was very much about I, you know, my, my gender. And um, I don't know, just, I, that to me was, it was absolutely life changing. How old were you when that happened? I was, I was probably twenty eight when that happened. Oh really? Yeah. So, you came out as queer at nineteen. Yeah. And in Maine, where you were, were was there a lot of was that a scene or? No, it's no. It's funny because my representations of like Butch Dykes were basically like um, Butch moms. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, um, like super short haircuts, but just like to be practical. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and it's in Maine you know, too. Yeah. yeah, they're like oh, you know so hardy, funny. hardy women wearing flannel, but they're totally married to a dude, have lots of kids, and um, it was just practical. You know, just something that you could like, you know, wash and go, kind of a practical, you know, kind of thing. So they, the, they were kind of like uh, my butch, my butch role models. Um, in transitioning. I had a super mad crush on um, this um, friend of mine. Um, her name was, she was much older than me and she used to babysit us and she was a basketball star mm-hmm. in our local town. And I totally thought she was queer, but she wasn't. She went on to marry a dude. But um, she got like a full scholarship to like UConn for girls basketball. And I just thought she was, the, I was like, that's what I want to be like. And then she was probably my last role model for like queerness before I knew what I was or who I was. And I just thought that's what I want to be like until I met PJ um, later on. And you literally didn't know how to, like that was the first time that you were like, oh, that's what these, that's what these feelings or this way that I viewed myself is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was your first. So until you met him, you felt like you were lacking still in some way. I, I, you know what it was? And I wouldn't say, I'm not saying you're correcting you, but like, I didn't feel like I was lacking. I just didn't. You can correct Steve about yeah, yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, um, I don't know. It For just me, didn't fit. It just didn't feel right yet? Yeah. I felt like there was, I had figured out a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. But there was one, I was just like this one thing and that I just couldn't, couldn't put, put my finger, finger on it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. That's yeah. awful. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah. It is. It's a pretty, it's a pretty weird feeling, especially as a, as an adult at 28, I wasn't that well put together, but I was pretty, as a queer person and who has, who has asked themselves quite a few questions about their sexual identity and just never have seen a trans guy before. I thought I was pretty evolved. I thought, oh, you know, I had seen trans women, but I never even knew that trans men existed until I saw him and I was like, what? <laughs> you mean it goes that way too? Oh, 
shit. So uh, it was mind-blowing for me because I was so blocked. I really felt like, yes, there was a, something I couldn't put my finger on, but I was also so blocked. Even if it had dropped right in front of me mm-hmm. before that moment, I don't know if I would have... I don't know if I would have accepted it. It was like I was at a, uh, a an event. It was a public event. One of my favorite authors was there being introduced by this guy that I'm speaking of, um, PJ. And um, PJ shared some of the story. And I think had someone just been introduced to me and someone said, oh, this is my friend so-and-so. Oh, he's a trans guy, by the way, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it would have resonated with me the way that it did when this guy PJ shared his story. I think when people share their stories... Mm-hmm. Is when things really like hit you. Like, do you have a do you have a favorite? Uh, and I keep going back to this, but do you have a favorite Latin comic? Uh, Someone that you were like, yes, that, like, no, I want to do. No, that. they don't no. exist yet. Okay. But they're coming. Okay. Like we're coming. There's like a <laughs> no. There's like commercial hits, but uh, yeah, Steve's like an yeah, yeah. There's I mean that's a real thing with Latino comics is okay. we've been ghettoized so much okay. where it's like, but there's a lot of us that we've just never related to it at all. Yeah, and. Uh, and but it's coming okay. like and yeah we're getting there but yeah everything you're saying brings true in my heart yeah yeah so I I guess that um uh anyway so it, I think it was just a you know when someone shares their story first of all it's inarguable right because it's uh-huh. their story but it reaches you in a different way than someone just going oh this is so and so blah 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 uh-huh. you just, sometimes you just pass over those things that are being brought to you I actually probably had met a trans guy right. Even see, you know, I probably had right, and you just didn't know. But to hear someone's story, you're just like, oh, so that's why I tell my story on stage. It's why I think representation matters um, because not only just share it for yourself, not only just for myself that I don't forget where I came from and my history and my history. Uh-huh. That I I want to share that story because. I want other people that might be feeling similar to go, oh my God, if it happens for them. And if not, then that's totally fine. But I want people to be able to have that same experience if if they're ready. Yeah. And if they're in that place and needing it. For both people who may, you know, go down the same journey and also just for everyone else to be exposed. It's like, I remember, I remember watching your scenes in Transparent and being like, oh, I could be with a guy like that. Do you know what I mean? Like just in a way that I hadn't thought of before. Mm-hmm. And I think it just makes us all more open to, you know, the infinite possibilities of life. I actually really love that it has done that because um, a lot of people think that my, that might be considered, you know, fetishizing trans people, but I don't. I think that there's some oh, people- Oh, I didn't feel like- Yeah, I didn't, I don't, I'm not saying that at all. I just want to say clear. I don't think that's what you were saying. <laughs> but I think that some people jump to that. And uh-huh. I think- some people have just never even considered it. Right. So now they're considering it. They're like, would I ever? Yes, I would. Yeah. Hot is hot. Yeah, hot like, is what hot. I, like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Like, whatever, yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that a lot of people are doing that. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think, it, I don't think it's, um, I don't think that's bad. I think that's a good evolution for everybody to have. Yeah. To, to ask themselves, would I? Is that hot? Yes, it is. I would. Or <laughs> I gotta say, uh, my boyfriend who uh, Ian was talking to, I'll I'll post a picture of this <laughs> right before we started the podcast. But looks, they look like freaking Brothers. twins. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the beard. It's the beard. The beard the and like beard the face the, is kind the of cheeky similar. And beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny. I I. Uh, I, I have a guy friend up in Seattle that people think I do you know that bearded guy that's always right in the entryway of all Starbucks? He's like an employee mm-hmm. that has like a green apron on and it's like employment opportunities. It's always right by the door uh-huh. when you is walk this in. Your friend? This is my friend. <laughs> they, and everybody for, for years everybody thought it was me. Yeah. And it's really weird. I went up there and did a show. That guy came to my show. I became friends with him. That's and so people funny. and side by side we look like your boyfriend and I. Like yeah. so the three of us could be triplets. Anyway, <laughs> I look like the Starbucks employment opportunities guy. <laughs> well, so. There we go. I feel like we could talk talk to you forever, but uh, we got to wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for talking about your genitalia with me. Oh, it was a pleasure. And, uh... <laughs> Anytime, bud. We get coffee on Tuesdays. <laughs> just rhapsodize about my, my slightly, my average. It depends. It depends what you're reading out there. You know the stats. I know it makes it does make you feel weird for a second. You're like, I don't normal but i I don't what is that it was just a very i'm glad that you asked me to that because if if i think of my penis as separate which i wouldn't have i've never thought about my life 
then we're dealing with the same thing almost probably. Yeah, people say, you know what, I, I want to say one more thing about that and we'll wrap it up and you can edit this out if you want. But I, I want to say, people go, isn't that hard? Like you have to like stop and like, you know, like reach for your dick sometimes. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, guys have to reach for condoms. Like, mm-hmm. you know, women have to reach for vibrators. Like, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like people always have to negotiate their body parts with each other. Like you're already doing it. It's not an extra, for me, it's not an extra job. Um, so it's funny. It was like, maybe just made me think of like, I don't know. It just made me think well, of that. Well, it's great. It made me think of it in a real cool way where it's like, oh yeah, no, we got the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Plus yeah. your partners are all a little different. And if you really like someone, you know, I think it's yeah, it worth matter. making it work. Yeah. Well, and back to that, if you, if it, hot is hot. Like, let me tell you, I have, I have, I have gay guy friends that are like, and that have, we're now friends, but we started by them hitting on me. <laughs> but they were like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. And they're actually probably the best examples of this. They're like, I don't care what you got going on. You're so hot. Like, uh-huh. I just, I don't, I don't know what I would do, but we, we would figure it out. <laughs> and I think that that's a great example of how people sort of should be. The spirit of this is, if you're hot, it's all negotiable. All body, all body parts are negotiable. If you are attracted to somebody and they are attracted to you, it's all negotiable. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you got going on. You'll figure it out and you'll all get off and it'll be fun. Yeah. So. Fuck. That's a great way to end. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Ian. Thank uh, you, where, guys. Where can we find you on the internet? At ianharvey.com. I-A-N-H-A-R-V-I-E.com. And, and get the special. May the best cock win. Yes, <laughs> edge, your, edge yourself out for the whole hour. <laughs> but pay for it, okay? <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>